Hi, I'm Jeremiah Johnston. Here's the podcast for The Jeremiah Johnston Show. And don't forget, you can also listen live across the Faith Radio Network Saturdays at 11 a.m. Central or 12 Eastern for the entire hour. And if you want your question read on the live show, go ahead and send it to me at www.askjjj.com. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hey, Dr. John. Hello. Uh, hello. Uh, well, since you guys are Christian thinkers. Sorry, I just want to leave that question. I wanted to get your input on that. Sure, appreciate it. Thank you. God bless. That's my question. Thanks a bunch. Thank you. Welcome to the Jeremiah Johnston Show, combining cutting-edge biblical scholarship with meaningful, thought-provoking discussions and practical answers to your questions. It's time to own your faith and be a Christian thinker with our host, author, Bible scholar, apologist, and president of the Christian Thinker Society, Dr. Jeremiah Johnston. Welcome. I'm Nat Becker, the producer for The Jeremiah Johnston Show. And today I'm filling in for Dr. Jeremiah before we get on to our great interview with Rick Renner. But before that, we love our callers. You guys are the backbone of this ministry, of this radio broadcast. All the callers you heard at the beginning of this show, you know, this is what fuels our show and gives us content. The questions you send us at Christian Thinker Society is what we use to help guide the content of our show. It means a lot to us. Sort of in light of this, we're going to be listening to two great questions from our first broadcast, followed by another third great question at the end of the hour. I think these will be interesting and powerful in respect to what Pastor Rick Renner will be talking about. Our first question is from Houston. Here's Mike. My question for you today is that, you know, sometimes we as Christians and, and me personally, I have a hard time, you know, deciding like, you know, when is God telling me specifically to do something, you know? Uh, what is a really good way that you found to consistently hear from God's voice? Thank you, Mike, for those affirming comments from Houston, and this is such an excellent question. It's actually my second most frequently asked question from Christians across the denominational spectrum. Mike asked it this way, how do we know what God's voice is in our life? How do we discern that? How do we know God's will for our life? And I pointed this out in my dark side Bible study. I was amazed when I researched the paranormal world how many Christians will look to a horoscope and how many believers in Jesus Christ will actually consult a medium when they have a difficult decision to make? There is so much confusion out there. And friends, let us never forget the will of God for my life will always be found in the Word of God. If I'm not reading the Word of God, if I'm not bathing my mind in Scripture, I will not be filled with God's Holy Spirit, and therefore I will be unable to hear God's voice. When I ask the Holy Spirit to fill me, when I meet the requisites of Ephesians 5, uh, 14 to 21, when God's Spirit fills me, when I bathe my mind in Scripture, when I'm faithful under a local church, it is amazing how much clarity I receive in my life for my marriage, for my troubled teen, for my business. Um, but it's also interesting to me when I get away from that how much confusion there is. And so I think apart from those things, it's impossible to understand and discern God's will for our life. Thank you so much for the question, Mike. Then we have Chris, who's been waiting on the line. Chris, thank you so much for your patience. Uh, you're live on the Jeremiah Johnston Show. What question do you have for us today? Hey there. 
So I'm currently a college student on pursuit of ministry. Uh, and so Excellent. as someone who's in college and constantly uh, striving towards this academic pursuit uh, and even listening to your show that focuses so much on just uh, the mental and almost apologetic aspect of faith, um, Jesus says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so my question for you is how do we as academics, as Christians, as even ministers, uh, how do we homogenize these aspects of faith uh, and combine the academic with this relational love we should have for God. Oh, I love it, Chris, and I love that word homogenize. You are a young scholar in the making, I can tell, so I compliment you, Chris, uh, calling the college student, and this is a great question. How do we pair academic pursuits with loving God? And, Chris, you, you quoted a, a verse that I just love. Jesus is confronted by the Pharisees in Matthew 22 and Mark chapter 12. It's nomikos in Greek. These would have been the professors of the law, and they said, teacher, what is the greatest commandment? And do you remember how Jesus responds? He actually quotes the Shema, Deuteronomy 6, 5, but he changes it. He alters it. The Shema says, love God with your heart, soul, and strength. Uh, but Jesus says, love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love God with your thinking. And Chris, you're bringing up such an excellent point inside of your question and that as a believer in Jesus Christ, we have to blow through this myth that we somehow check our brain at the door when we become a Christian. And unfortunately, in some churches, I don't want to ever put any church down, but you do feel like you're not getting intellectually what you want to, what you need in the Christian life. And so I want to encourage you to always find a salty, biblical-centric church where the Bible is being taught. You're hearing great messages from the Scripture that coincide with what's happening in culture and with the great embarrassment of riches that we have historically historically speaking. And without a doubt, I think Jesus sets the example for us. You know, we have everyone in the world that wants to be on good terms with Jesus, Neil. I've noticed this. You know, it's Jesus true. is my homeboy. Jesus is the man. I mean, we have all these memes out there, but we have lost this notion of Jesus as an intelligent person. And I believe Jesus is the most intelligent person to have ever lived. And he made that very clear uh, through what we can read in the gospel. What great questions and how applicable they are. These are questions I've had in the past. It's one of the things I love about producing the Jeremiah Johnson show. Is these are questions by real people. Real questions by real people. It's not a sin to question your faith. It's not a sin to doubt. It's a chance to critically build upon the faith that we have. Coming up here after the break, Jeremiah recorded an interview with pastor and scholar Rick Renner, who is an amazing Christian critical thinker. We'll get to listen in in about 90 seconds. Welcome to another edition of the Jeremiah Johnston Show, and I have been counting down the days to welcome our very special guest to our program. You know him because he is our most downloaded show from last year at the Jeremiah Johnston Nationally Syndicated Radio Program. I have with me international Bible teacher, Bible scholar, church history expert, pastor of the Moscow Good News Church. And listen, we're just scratching the surface. Jeremiah. Our dear friend, Pastor Rick Renner. Thank you. And somebody, friends, you all often ask me, who inspires me? Who mentors me? Who is feeding into Audrey and my soul? Well, it's our guest today, Pastor Rick Renner. Now, Thank you. Friend, um, you have a brand new book out, I The sure Will do. of God, 
I can tell you this, as the president of Christian Thinkers Society, I feel like I have an informed opinion about questions that so many believers ask. doesn't matter across the denominational spectrum. Everyone wants to know, what's God's will for my life? Mm-hmm. And how do I find it? Um, what is your big idea for this book, The Will of God? You've written over 30 books. Why this book right now uh, that's just come out, incidentally, Harrison House Publishers, who has just released. I want to encourage you to pick this up right now. Destiny Image, our good friends. The Will of God. Are you ready for a life filled with adventure? Tell us about it. Well, first of all, the reason that book came out right now is because I found it. I <laughs> forgot that I wrote it. <laughs> okay. It was laying in my computer, and one day I came across a file, and I said, wow, I forgot I did this. But, you know, Jeremiah, it's really a good book. And it's a different take on the will of God. I believe that the Apostle Paul was out of the will of God for the first five years of his ministry. Wow. He knew the will of God, but he didn't really get in the will of God until Acts chapter 18. Interesting. When he was saved, Ananias came, laid hands on him, prophesied over him, and said, primarily you're called to the Gentiles, to kings, and thirdly, if you've got time to do it, to the Jews. But he was a Jew. He loved the Jews. He had no heart for Gentiles. But his first calling was to the Gentiles. So for five years, he kept going to synagogue after synagogue after synagogue with minimal fruit, Mm -hmm. almost no fruit. But every time he happened to accidentally speak to Gentiles, they wanted to hear more. (laughs) That's where his grace was. And I think it took him about five years to figure it out. And when you come to Acts chapter 18, and Paul finally begins Mm -hmm. his focused Gentile ministry, everything changes. His team comes Money comes, protection comes. A lot of the things he dealt with in the first five years abruptly ended. And that's what happens when you get in the will of God. It doesn't mean you won't ever have a problem. Mm -hmm. But when you're in the will of God, there's a different kind of a grace that comes. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people know the will of God. They just don't know how to get there. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they've gotten in it and then they've got bumped out of it. Mm -hmm. But you can get back in it. Wow. You and I were talking before this interview today, and you asked me a question, and I was able to answer it without flinching. And I just said to you, I know I'm at the center of God's will for my life. For those that are watching right now, how can they find the center of God's will for their life? And, and why? What are the steps? Um, because so many people want to get there. They just don't know how. Well, first of all, I don't believe the will of God's out here somewhere. Mm-hmm. The will of God is in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. He is the mind of God. And so when the Spirit of God comes into you at new birth, guess what else comes? The will of God comes. It's right here. Mm -hmm. And I think that people's dreams, their secret desires, it's often the will of God speaking to them from the inside. Mm -hmm. And people deny it. They say, well, I don't know if this is really the will of God for my life. It probably is the will of God. What is your heart saying to you? Mm. I think that usually is how we know. Mm. Mm. Talk to us about the role of scriptures for today in discerning God's will for our life. Obviously, we believe in the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. And then how does the Holy Spirit work through the scriptures to reveal God's mind to us? Well, first of all, there's nothing more authoritative than the scriptures. Mm. You know, I mean, I believe in spiritual experience. You know that I do. Mm -hmm. But nothing is more important than the Bible. In... Second Peter chapter 1, it's an, you know, that is an amazing text. Peter's talking about his experience on the Mount of Transfiguration. And really, in that experience, he has everything that everybody mm-hmm. wants. He saw glory. He felt power. They fell. 
They heard a voice. I mean, it was the ultimate experience. And then he ends by saying, but we have a more sure word of prophecy. Mm -hmm. If I have to choose between my experience and the Bible, Peter says, the choice is already made. Mm -hmm. God's voice in Scripture addresses most of the issues that we face in life. If it doesn't directly address it, it addresses it in principle. And so I, I believe there's nothing more important than the Scriptures for the will of God, for your marriage, for your money, for your kids, for your business. It's all in there. If you're just joining us, our guest today is Pastor Rick Renner. I want to encourage you to follow him on social media. Connect with his TV ministry in the next segment. We're going to discuss how Pastor Renner is speaking daily across different television networks all over the world. Uh, but I want to stay right here for a moment because you talk about the surprise call of God in Chapter 1, mm -hmm. the surprising call of God. Mm -hmm. Chapter 2, placed in the right environment for your gifts to develop. Mm -hmm. And then it goes on from there, Pastor Renner. Um, Tell us, I mean, for those that are listening, we have people that listen to this program who are brand new Christians. Um, they use the power of the Holy Spirit in their life. They use the Word of God. But mm -hmm. then what's next for knowing for sure that they're in God's will for their lives? And what about for the person who thinks they're in God's will, but they're having adversity and they're questioning it? Well, sometimes it's a process. To be honest, mm -hmm. it's a process. If you look at the story of Abraham... I mean, Abraham made every mistake you can possibly make. We call him the great father of faith, but actually he just made a lot of mistakes. God said, I want you and your wife to come by yourself. So he brought his father, he brought his nephew, he brought all their servants. I mean, he did not really clearly obey what was said to him. And it took Abraham years to finally get in the place where God could bless him. It's funny because people say, I want to be like Abraham. Yeah. I want to believe God for as long as I have to believe. But was it the will of God for uh, Abraham to take all that time? No. no. Abraham kept delaying the will of God by making mistakes. Mm -hmm. But the good news is, if you've made mistakes, that doesn't mean it's over. You can still get where you're supposed to be. And when you do, things begin to happen. I That's my that. story. Exactly. And, and your story is powerful because, and we're going to discuss it again on this program, um, you did something that no one was doing in your time. And you literally claimed Russia, the former Soviet Union, for Christ. And, I mean, how did God reveal to you that was his will for you and Mrs. Renner to take your three little boys and go to Russia, um, the former Soviet Union, and plan a ministry that now is really a global ministry in, in one of the most difficult places in the world? Do you want me to tell you that story? Yeah, please. Do we, I have, wish time? You would. Do we yes. have time for that? Yes, absolutely. Well, I was raised as a Southern Baptist, and I have a lot of missionaries in my family. And I kind of grew up with a grudge against missionaries. I really didn't enjoy <laughs> missionaries, and I know this is terrible, but I kind of thought missionaries were people who failed in America, so they went somewhere else. <laughs> so I just didn't like them. But I was invited to speak in a missions conference. And Jeremiah, I went to that conference. Here I am supposed to be the speaker that night. I am sitting on the front row. They're about to call me. I don't want to be there. I don't want to speak to these missionaries. I want nothing to do with this. And here I am in a missions conference. <laughs> and I dropped my head to pray. And when I did, I saw a Bible sitting next to me on the pew. Have you ever heard this story? I have, but for the benefit of our audience, continue. <laughs> well, I decided to pick up the Bible and to see who it belonged to. I like to see what people write in their mm -hmm. margins. And when I opened it, it was a Russian Bible. I could phonetically read it mm. the first time I ever looked at the Russian language. Well, I didn't know that Russian was a derivative of Greek. Mm. It came from Greece. Mm. 
And I sat on that front row reading the Russian Bible, not comprehending what I was reading, but phonetically I knew I was reading the Bible correctly. And God got me into that service to put me on that pew next to that Bible. And when I saw that I could phonetically read Russian, it was like a hook was set in my heart. And after that meeting, I began studying the Russian language and quickly memorized 800 Russian words. I remember laying in bed at night, Denise and I about to go to sleep, and I'd be speaking Russian to Denise. <laughs> and she was wondering, why is he doing this? And I didn't know why I was doing this. Wow. You know, sometimes the the, the will of God kind of begins to wake up inside mm-hmm. you. You may not at first realize God is speaking to you. I mm-hmm. did not know. Mm-hmm. I just knew suddenly I was captivated by the Russian language. Mm-hmm. And I would be speaking ru- Russian, you know, it's time to go to bed. And Denise would say, well, what does that mean? I'd say it means good morning. And she would say, well, how do you say good night, Rick? Let's go, to, let's go to sleep. But a short time after that, I was invited to speak in the Soviet Union. Mm. And it was dilapidated. The Soviet Union was totally broken. No fiction writer, no fiction writer could ever write the mess mm. that existed at the end of the Soviet Union. Mm. Bread lines, no food. No flour, no sugar, no milk, no eggs. I remember thinking, what happened to the chickens? Mm-hmm. You know, how could there suddenly be no eggs? Where'd the cows go? There's no, mm-hmm. there's no milk. It's just a system so broken. And I ended up in the school there. It was the first above ground school at the end of the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. And when I opened my Bible to speak, the Holy Spirit spoke to me clearly and said, welcome to your new home. Mm-hmm. And I just stopped. I thought, what? And I heard the Holy Spirit say it again, welcome to your new home. And I looked out at all of those Russian-speaking students, Soviet students at that time, poorly dressed. Most of them have parents and grandparents who had been in prison. We're in a building that is just across the street from the KGB in that city. And the building is dilapidated. And I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding. You are calling me hmm. To make this my home. Then the next days that I was there, it all began to come together for me. Mm. Why I accidentally ended up on that pew next to that particular Bible. Why I was learning the Russian language. And now God's saying, this is your new home. But you know, God doesn't always reveal his full will to you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he just gives you enough Mm -hmm. to get you moving. Mm. Mm. And we thought we were moving there for a year. I could make that commitment, but now we've been there 29 years. (laughs) We've got to step away and take a 90-second break. We're going to stay right here. Sometimes in God's will, he gives you just enough to keep moving. Our guest today is Rick Renner. You're listening and watching The Jeremiah Johnston Show. Back in 90 seconds. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Johnston Show. Our guest today is Pastor Rick Renner, all the way from Moscow, Russia, here in Houston in studio with us today. This is so great. You're going to want to subscribe to the Jeremiah Johnston podcast, however you listen on demand. And thanks so much for all the great reviews that you are leaving us. This is a show you're going to want to listen to again and also share online. I have in my hand Pastor Renner's new book, The Will of God, The Key to Your Success. And I love this because I think sometimes if God revealed his ultimate will, it might just absolutely astonish us. 
it's certainly that way in my life. Our story, Audrey and me, and our journey in ministry was following God's will one step at a time and trusting him to provide and to lead us. You just said something powerful in our previous segment. God gets you enough to get you moving. Um, talk about how God just equipped you and Denise Renner, though. I mean, did you ever imagine from your upbringing that you would have such an effective global ministry? I mean, you, you have become a cross-cultural ministry expert. I follow you on Instagram. I follow you on social media. You're speaking in Siberia when I was texting you from Roanoke, Virginia. I felt so small. I was speaking in Roanoke, and he's preaching in Siberia. And that meeting was so (laughs) awesome because the Russian Eskimos came. Wow. And they came on their reindeer. Now, that is different when you pull up in the parking lot and reindeer are outside. That was a great meeting. Um, talk about, I, I really appreciate this section, and I have not. I just received this book. I've, I've only skimmed it, but something that really caught my eye, because we have Christians and believers who are listening to you right now. They want to get in the will of God for their life, but they think, oh, God's going to send me to Africa. Talk about divine protection that God offers when you are in the center of God's will. Well, when you're in the will of God, I'm not going to tell you everything's going to go swell, because that's just not the way it is. We have a devil who is against the faith, and he knows he is the God of this world, and he knows how to use the world to oppose you. But when you're in the will of God, you do have a measure of protection. And I think it's very evident in the life of Paul. In the first five years of his ministry, rather than make the Gentiles his first calling, he was going to synagogue after synagogue after synagogue. They were beating him, leaving him for dead, running him out of town. And by the way, in the first five years of his ministry, he had to work to pay for his ministry. Mm -hmm. Interesting. But when he ended up in Corinth, he amazingly met Priscilla and Aquila as he was walking into town. Mm -hmm. Oh, that is an amazing story. Mm -hmm. The three of them hooked up together, and they began their ministry. And Paul began ministering to the Gentile church. That's when money came. Mm-hmm. That's when the first big offering showed up from Macedonia. Mm-hmm. It's when he began ministering to Gentiles. His team showed up when he began ministering to Gentiles. Things just began to come together. And when an assault was made on him in Corinth, and the Jews tried to overthrow his work, he had divine protection. Even the courts protected him. Mm-hmm. It was a brand yeah. new day. Exactly. And he had that for the rest of his life. Mm. Somebody might say, well, but he wasn't very protected because he was beheaded when he died. Well, you just have to think a little bit deeper. I mean, to be beheaded was not good, but even in his death there was a kind of protection because most Christians had a horrible, torturous death. They were burned, they were filleted, they were fried, Mm -hmm. they were crucified. Even though Paul did suffer, it was the most minimal kind of suffering that you could have in those days. Even in that... Mm-hmm. there was a kind of a protective care of God. Absolutely. The Romans were experts at execution. Oh, they were horrible. Um, you know, and just carrying with this theme, here he is in Corinth, and, and along with his ministry there, he begins to write the book of Romans. Mm-hmm. And God sends him Phoebe, who he says is his benefactor, is Prostatis. And it's fascinating to me as I'm thinking about what you're saying just in my own exegesis, how powerful it is. And so the message today is find God's will and get in the center of it. Allow it to permeate your life. And don't be afraid to take those steps when God gives you the strength, one step at a time, to follow his will for your life. The book is the will of God, the key to success. I hope you have an entire Rick Renner shelf 
in your Christian library, not just a few books, an entire shelf. Audrey and I, um, Pastor Renner, have been going through some unique experiences in our Christian life of just where God's been deepening our faith. And so much of that has been reading in our sitting room when we can get all five kids of ours to bed, which is a miracle every night. It's sometimes a hostage negotiation to get my kids to sleep. I actually am able to pull out Sparkling Gems from the Greek, Volume 2, and Audrey and I read this. We read it out loud. We pray over it. And your ministry has been such a blessing in our lives. Thank you. A tremendous blessing. Well, and that's, so that's awesome. I want you to speak to our audience, um, if you would, for a moment, about the importance of the Greek New Testament and the importance of understanding that the Bible has something to say to us every single time we open it. Will you talk about sparkling gems, and would you bless us with one or two in sure. this segment? Thank Can't you. they have the Greek thing started with me? Please. When I was a teenager, of course, I told you I grew up a Southern Baptist, and then I began to move in other circles, and I was very impacted by a teacher back in those days whose name was Derek Prince. Have you ever heard of Derek yes. Prince? Well, Derek Prince was really a brilliant scholar who was educated at Cambridge. And when I first heard him teach the Bible, my mouth just dropped open because he exegeted from the Greek New Testament. Mm -hmm. I was 14 years old. Wow. And I said, that is what I want to do. I just knew that. So I went to the university and I began to study not New Testament Greek, but but classical Greek. So that really was my foundation, which I think is a better foundation than Greek. And so I worked, uh, took class, I took directed readings, translated the book of Luke, mm-hmm. really gave myself to that. And then God put me under a pastor, and this is where I met your parents, uh, a pastor in Arkansas who really was a scholar. And he taught me how to take the principles of the New Testament and the Greek language and how to really put it to work for the common man. Mm-hmm. And so for about 38 years, that's what I've been doing. I don't know how to read the New Testament without reading the Greek New Testament. It's, the two of them are the same for me. Mm. And so it's my life. And, you know, the Bible is such a treasure house. Mm. When you begin to dig into the language of the New Testament, it just becomes sparkling gems. It just opens up. There's mm. so much in the Bible. Mm. So it's kind of my life, Jeremiah. So powerful. So, friends, I want you to get Sparkling Gems, Volume 1 and Volume 2. Bless us with a gem. What's, what's a gem that comes to your spirit right now? Well, every time audience? I'm asked that, I always think of one gem, and I think I've shared it on your show before, and that is in Philippians 1.19, where Paul is writing to the Philippians, and he's describing his experience, being in prison, is this the end of the road for him? And he says, no, this is not the end of the road. I know that this is going to turn to my salvation. The Greek word there really means, I know I'm going to get out of here. Mm. I'm going to be delivered from this place. And I know it, he says in verse 19, because of your prayers and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Mm. Mm. Well, what in the world is the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ? Well, you've got to dig into the Greek to find out. And it's a Greek word, epikoregias, and that is a really weird Greek word. The word epi means on behalf of, the word koregias is where we get the word for choreography. Mm-hmm. It's where we get the word choir. And when you compound the two words together, it's epichoregias, mm-hmm. which means something done on behalf of a choir. Mm. Well, what does that have to do with Paul being in prison? Well, you've got to go back to the original and figure it out. And that word was birthed in a moment when there was a big choir in Greece. Mm. 
who was going to have a production. They trained, they prepared, and just when it was time for the show to go on the road, they ran out of money. Mm. The curtains were closed, the show was over. After they had given everything, it looked like everything was finished. And a wealthy benefactor, thank God for benefactors, a wealthy benefactor heard about the dilemma. He heard how hard they had trained, how they had prepared. He learned how they ran out of funds. So he came and epicoregias, he gave a supply on behalf of the choir. That's where that word supply comes from. And what he gave to them was so generous, they couldn't use it all. It was simply impossible to spend everything that he gave. It was an inexhaustible supply. Wow. So when Paul says, I know this is going to result in my deliverance because you're praying for me and because of the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, it was the equivalent of saying, Jesus is my benefactor. And naturally speaking, it looks like the show is over. Mm -hmm. It looks like I'm out of steam. This prison is the end for me. Except Jesus has stepped forward. And he is making a marvelous contribution of the Spirit's power that is going to resupply me with everything I need to put the show back on the road again. (laughs) Is that amazing? So powerful. And I I see why God's will in your life was made so evident. Because here you wouldn't know that without studying classical Greek. That's, That's right. outside the Koine Greek language. And friends, you see how doing exegesis is fun when we read the Bible in its larger context. And I want to encourage you, you can memorize 300 words and be able to recognize 80% of the word occurrences in the Greek New Testament. Just let that sink in. There's 138,000 words in the Greek New Testament. If you memorize just 300 words, you'll be able to recognize about 8 out of 10 words in the Greek New Testament. You can do it. You can memorize all these other languages. You can definitely study the Bible in its original language, which is Greek, Koine Greek. So powerful. Uh, Pastor Renner, we've got to jump to a break. But when we come back, I want to go back to your history because it's so inspiring to our audience. Because you and Denise go in 1990, 1991 to the Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. um, And you literally pioneer a ministry that begins a global media outreach that now you're on television throughout the world in how many different languages? 13. 13 different languages. Stay with us. We're going to step away for 90 seconds. Back with Rick Renner in our final segment. And don't forget, you can submit questions to us at askjjj.com. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Johnson Show. I'm holding in my hand the brand new book by our special guest all the way from Moscow, Russia, in studio with us today. This is The Will of God, The Key to Your Success. If you've missed any of the previous programs, subscribe to our program and definitely share this show. I want to encourage you to buy this book. It was just released. Uh, Pastor Renner has written over 30 books, but this one right here, right now, the Spirit of God is using in a powerful way. We've been discussing... Um, because you've lived this book, you've found God's will for your life, and God gave you strength and energy one step at a time. You go to Russia. I mean, explain, how do you launch Moscow Good News Church in Russia? You, you started in a hotel right at Red Square. Yeah, right on Red Pick Square. Pick up the story to where it is today. Well, we had been broadcasting already for years. That all started in 1991. But you know what, Jeremiah? There's no shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Every step leads to the next step. Mm-hmm. This whole event in Russia 
started when Denise and I began teaching across the United States years before that. Mm-hmm. And back in those days, I was speaking 450 times a year. <laughs> we'll just put a pencil to it. There's not that many days in the year. So we were doing multiple meetings every day, and I was driven to do those meetings. I did not know that all those churches were going to become the financial backbone of what we would do in Russia. Mm. If I hadn't had all those pastoral relationships, Mm -hmm. I would have never been able to say yes to the call of God. And I want to say to you, Mm -hmm. and I want to say to your viewers, don't take shortcuts. Mm -hmm. Every step is important. Everything builds line upon line, precept upon precept. And where you are right now is what's going to prepare you for the next phase. And if you don't do this one well, you won't be equipped for the next phase. Mm -hmm. So when we went to Russia in 1991, and by the way, at that time it wasn't Russia. Mm-hmm. It was the Soviet Union. It's amazing. Millennials today don't even know the name Soviet yeah. Union. They've already forgotten <laughs> that that's what we moved into. And communism did a great thing. By the way, there were elements of communism that were not altogether bad. Mm. There were some good elements of communism. But it was atheistic, mm-hmm. and it ruled for 70 years. And in those 70 years people's hearts simply became vacant. So when we began speaking about God, they just cried out to know more. Mm. Communism, in a certain way, cleaned the slate. It cleaned the board. So it was easy to move in and just start speaking and write on a clean piece of paper. Mm. People were so hungry for the Word of God. And Jeremiah, when we began broadcasting our program in 1992... We were the first. Mm. I didn't know how people would respond. So I went on the air. And just like American TV ministries do, I said, if you write to me, I'll write you back. Well, I did not know 800,000 people were going to write to me. <laughs> you, you received 800,000 800,000 letters. Now, I'm going to tell you, that's a crisis. Wow. If you're not prepared for 800,000 <laughs> letters that you promised you would answer. You're like Santa Claus. Oh, <laughs> we stopped measuring mail by pieces, and we started measuring mail by tons. Mm. And it took us months to get over that hump, but mm. we finally did it. And then on the basis of all that mail... It just opened the door for us. You know, you're doing an interesting thing with the Christian Thinker Society. And I'm so proud of you. I know your parents you. are so proud of you. Because you're filling a niche that nobody else is in. Mm. And when you're the first to fill a certain niche, it etches a place for you in history that nobody else has. Mm. It's not even necessarily that you're better than others. Mm. It's just that you filled the niche that nobody else filled. And that's what happened with us in Russia. We're not the best. We just said yes. Mm. Mm. And because we were the first on television, it kind of made a place for us in the heart of the Russian-speaking people. Mm. And when we began our church, people just began to come. They knew us. Mm. And it was wonderful. The Mm. power of God erupted right on the edge of Red Square, We saw amazing signs and wonders, Mm -hmm. healings, miracles, people born again. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just been that way all these years. And God's protected you because, you know, we we live in an era of fake news Mm -hmm. um, where supposedly Christianity can't flourish. I've heard some supposed thought leaders say here in America, but talk about the protection that God has given you and the favor he's given you in Moscow. Well, first of all, what you hear about Russia is nonsense. It's just nonsense. Mm -hmm. Like somebody came to me this week and said to me, is it true that you'll be arrested and sent to prison 
if you pray privately. That is nonsense. I mean, we've lived there almost three decades. We have no problem whatsoever. Mm -hmm. In fact, not only do we not have problems, we have great favor. President Putin's administration is so favorable toward our church and toward our ministry. Mm -hmm. Not long ago, it was the uh, anniversary of the Protestant Reformation. Mm -hmm. President Putin invited the top 120 Protestant leaders of Russia to come to the Kremlin. Jeremiah, I wish you could have been there. It was so surreal. As we sat in the Kremlin, looking out the window, the snow was falling. I could see the tower of the Kremlin. The vice president of Russia is speaking to us. I'm thinking to myself, how is this possible? Mm -hmm. 30 years ago, we would have all been sent to prison for this. Then the choir came out with a full hundred-piece orchestra and began to sing, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Wow. I don't know if you could do that in the U.S. Capitol. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, if you'll do the will of God, protection comes, blessing comes. We just need to find out what the will of God is. Get in it and do it. And when the devil attacks, and by the way, he has attacked many times. Mm -hmm. You just stay put. The attacks move out of the way. And if you'll do what you're called to do, things turn out fine. Mm -hmm. They may not feel fine, but if you'll stay put, you get beyond it, and everything will be all right. So powerful. If you're just joining us, our guest today has been Rick Renner. We only have time for two more questions. For those that are listening to you right now, and I know they're loving what you're saying, how can they connect with you and your ministry? You tell us you now have a daily television program. You're on. You're broadcasting across all the social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Talk about the content that you are pushing out and how our audience can connect with you. Well, I'm concerned that people don't know the Bible. There's a lot of good inspirational preaching and motivational mm-hmm. preaching that people don't really know the Bible like they used to. Mm-hmm. And I'm praying, Jeremiah, for a revival of the Bible. <laughs> I pray about I'll it every you. day, a return to the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so on my program and in our ministry, that's our emphasis. Mm-hmm. The Bible, you can build your life on the Bible. I thank God for good music. Mm-hmm. You can't build your life on music. Mm-hmm. I thank God for experiences, but they come and they go. That's right. But the Bible you can build your life on. So at our website, which is simply just renter.org, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of teaching materials to take people deeper into the Bible. Mm-hmm. I want to encourage you to connect with Pastor Rick Renner on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram. I love following your Insta stories because you're always going somewhere, and I'm always praying for you in that Russian-Moscow traffic, uh, which is so intense. Sometimes takes you a day to get to the airport. <laughs> I took Denise to lunch for Christmas took us nine hours to get there. <laughs> nine hours for a one-hour lunch because of traffic. Well, we can't complain here in Houston. I want to ask you one final question. You just brought up Martin Luther, and um, Audrey and I, as I mentioned, uh, were in a real time of prayer in our life in the last 12 months. And we watched a sermon that you presented on Hebrews 10 and 11. And I loved your definition of faith from Hebrews 11 and how you exegeted the word time and how God raises up individuals... And I hope you're listening right now at certain times and in certain places who change the times. I believe you're one of those men, and I think that you're in your time. Well, well, I wasn't asking it for that. I wanted you to talk about... But I uh, do. God raises up men for their generation, and in their time and their age, if they get a word from God and stand by it, Mm -hmm. they can change the time in which they live. And really, that's what Hebrews chapter 11 is about. Mm. Men who got a word from God, and they said, God, we're going to do this regardless of what it costs, whatever price we have to pay, Mm -hmm. we're going to stand by what you have said. 
And in their time, they changed the world of their day. That's who God has called all of us to be. Mm-hmm. Not just society, to change That's your right. family. That's right. To change your kids. If you'll stand by a word from God, you will bring change. Mm. So powerful. So I want to end and ask you, how important is it that we raise up not just a few Delta Force Christians in the church, but that everyone make a commitment to love God with their heart, soul, and mind? That's the mission of Christian Thinker Society. That's why we're so delighted to have you on the program today. How important is it to have a thinking faith? Well, I, let's just con- say I'm a little concerned about brainless Christians, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of them. <laughs> God gave us a brain, and God intends for us to use it. Mm-hmm. And if you'll use your brain, keep your head on straight, mm-hmm. you'll do okay with your faith. Mm-hmm. But you've got to keep your head on straight when it comes to faith, when it comes to experience. And, Jeremiah, we're living in a day when people are not keeping their head on That's straight. Right. They're mitigating right. their faith. They're mending mm-hmm. the faith. They're not thinking all the way to the end of what they're endorsing. Sometimes I hear guys preach, I'm thinking, are you really thinking about where this is going to lead? Mm -hmm. And they're not thinking. That's the problem. So we really need a Christian thinkers society. (laughs) Well, thank you, Pastor Renner. Again, we've been discussing uh, so many interesting resources, but specifically I want to emphasize the will of God. Uh, Pastor Renner, thank you for returning to the Jeremiah Johnston Show. And I want to invite all of you to pray for support this ministry, connect with Pastor Rick and Denise Renner on social media and his son, Philip. Tell us real quickly, all three of your sons are involved in mm-hmm. some way in what you're doing. Of course, we know Philip Renner and his great dynamic worship ministry, but talk about your other two boys uh, just briefly in what they're doing. Our oldest son, Paul, is the executive pastor of our Moscow church, which is about 2,500 people. Our youngest son, Joel, is the executive director of our ministry. Wow. He is so gifted. So we're all in the ministry together. It's awesome. So powerful. And I wish you could hear Denise Renner sing. The Holy Spirit has gifted her so tremendously. I recently listened to her uh, sing the Lord's Prayer, and it was just so dynamic. So hopefully uh, you'll check that out. This has been another program. Thank you for joining us. And again, if you like this, go ahead and like it. Connect with us on social media. Follow Christian Thinker Society and check out some of our other programs. Thanks for joining us today. What an interview. We're going to follow up in our fifth and final segment on the Jeremiah Johnston Show by looking at a question Jeremiah has answered in the past. Up next in 90 seconds. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Johnston Show. What a great conversation we've been having. If you missed any part of it or would like to listen to it again, you can head over to myfaithradio.com or to find our podcast, you can go to iTunes, Google Play, or wherever else podcasts can be found. But before we go, we have two listener questions. These excellent questions, again, are from our first live show. Here's Al. Joining us on the Jeremiah Johnson Show. Al, you've been holding for a while from Minneapolis. I appreciate your patience. You're live on the Jeremiah Johnston Show right now. What's your question for us? I read about a pastor who killed himself last week, and uh, I'm just wondering why why are there so many people that are leaving Christianity? And I'm really worried about the churches. It seems like they're full of people with gray hair. Where are the young people? Why is this happening? Wow, Al, thank you so much uh, for that question, and I am aware of the situation that you're referencing, and uh, as I wrote in our unanswered Bible study and book with LifeWay Publishing, 
I think one of the most underreported phenomenon that's happening right now in the Christian faith is the suicide not only of Christians inside the church, but of our leaders, of our pastors. And um, I hear about this frequently, and it is so heart-wrenching. It's so heartbreaking. Um, and yet there is hope, friends. Uh, the Bible says that we are going to go through difficult times. We are going to go through challenges. And yet I think that there is this um, celebrity pastor mentality that has crept into the church that I have to be super popular. I can't have any problems. I can't be transparent or vulnerable. And that's when the problem begins with this suicide epidemic. And friends, I want to tell you something I'm going to say again and again on this program. Vulnerability is the new superpower transparency is the new superpower and so i encourage you take your masks off you're i'm not going to judge you for the questions that you have um al ask a very important question why what is the problem with the slide why are we seeing so many walk away from the church and there's a variety of ways to answer this there's quite a few studies out there that have documented the rise of what's called the religious nuns people that now say they have no religious preference but such an important question. I've discussed this at ChristianThinkers.com. John Lennox said it. The reason that 98% of Britons have left the church, BBC did a documentary on this. They did a poll, and the, the answer, number one answer given was the church won't answer my unanswered questions. That's why I'm leaving. The church has become irrelevant to my life. And, Neil, again, that's why I'm so grateful to you for having, again, the vision to partner with us to just simply open the telephone lines to answer people's questions. This next question comes from Craig. Well, you know, let me ask you this, Dr. Johnston. What do you tell people who say the Bible's an old book? Might have been great a long time ago, but today in our modern world, modern science, modern thinking, the Bible just doesn't really have anything to say to us. Uh, this is such a great question, and Craig, thank you so much uh, for your affirming comments about the Jeremiah Johnston show. You know, what do we do with people that look at the Bible and they just think it's like any ordinary other old dusty book and it needs to be left in the halls of history? It's not relevant for us today. Well, um, I've dedicated my life, Craig, to answering that question at Christian Thinker Society, and in my doctoral education when I lived in England, I'll never forget uh, when my doctoral seminar tutor uh, actually looked at me and said, we cannot privilege the Bible. We have to put, we have to hold this Bible to the same critical thinking test that we would any other book from history. And let's see if it is actually a reliable document that speaks to us today. And with the power of the Bible is that it is altogether relevant. It is reliable. It does have infallibility. It does have authority. And guess what? I don't have to check my brain at the door as a historian. It's not all faith. Yes, we have faith. But you know what? Luke says in his Incipit, that's Latin, in his first few verses of the Gospel of Luke, he says, I write these things to you so that you may know uh, it's interesting. He uses that Greek word autoptes, the word that we get autopsy from, actually. He consults eyewitness accounts. He says it's possible that in reading the scriptures, we can have a certainty to our faith. And so when we look at the historicity of the New Testament, we see that it checks off perfectly. When we look at the veracity and the reliability, the manuscript attestation, my gosh, we have nearly six thousand greek fragments of the new testament nothing else compares friends i mean without a question it's a bible that speaks to us today and i personally have seen this there is a power and authority in the word of god and so we need to speak it 
We need to know it. We need to share it. And you watch how it changes lives. Craig, that's an excellent question. If you have any questions for Dr. Jeremiah, head over to askjjj.com. I'm Nat Becker, the producer for The Jeremiah Johnston Show. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. We can't wait to continue the conversation with you next week. Hi, I'm Jeremiah Johnston. Thanks for listening to the podcast from The Jeremiah Johnston Show. I definitely want to hear from you, so if you have a follow-up question from today's program, you can submit it to me at www.askjjj.com. You'll also see how you can connect with us from there across social media. And don't forget, these conversations are available because of listener support. And you can make a gift right now to the Faith Radio Network at www.myfaithradio.com. And to avoid missing future editions of The Jeremiah Johnston Show, please subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. You can do a Google Play RSS feed. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and growing the impact of the program.